What's up, guys? Uh, welcome in for another episode of Hard Knocks UT. We got a uh, smaller crew tonight. Lowe's out with uh, still got some lingering issues from having her wisdom teeth taken out. But DR's here. We got uh, Brando joining us tonight. Yes, sir. He's uh, making, uh, making a run at maybe joining the show weekly. So he's going to give us his early National Signing Day coverage tonight. Recruiting is his thing. Um, so with uh, National Signing Day or early National Signing Day being today, we're going to jump right into that. Um, looks like Tennessee, I haven't checked it in like 30 minutes. I'm, it's been a wild day. It's been changing a lot. But the last I had it, 24-7 has this recruiting class at 13th. Rivals had it at 10th. It was uh, 11 on the composite. I think it might have dropped a couple since then. Um, what do you guys think about this recruiting class today? I mean, honestly, I think it's the best case scenario that could have happened. You know, going into it last night, there wasn't a lot of certainty to this class and who was going to land today besides the guys already committed. And uh, you end up getting Justin Williams, you get Tyree West, and then you finish it off with James Pierce. So, I mean, just landing those three guys, they're all three four-stars, high four-stars at that. And I think, honestly, you have to be happy with what you got. It's a successful day, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, one thing about this class, like with Pruitt, it seemed like we were always in with the top guys, but we were always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And, like, today we close with people. And, man, Heupel's not even been on the job a year. And I'm just – I'm so damn impressed, man. I saw a number – I don't remember what the stat was, but it was like we only got one out of the top 20, 25 players in Tennessee, but we got five out of the top 30 in Georgia. And that is really impressive to me, especially when you're battling, you know, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama for guys like that. But um, you're not going to get, you know, I like being ne negative, but you're not going to get a lot of complaints out of me. I'm, I'm really impressed with a lot of these guys, to be honest with you. Uh, all right, so we're all just going to go around and kind of give our – our uh, big uh, big gets for today, I guess you could say. So I've got down um, as a as a huge get for today, Tyree West, um, a longtime Georgia commit. Like kind of came out early this morning that it looked like he might not go to Georgia, and um, FSU fans were all over it. That they you know if it if it wasn't Georgia, they they knew it was them uh, kind of started an early FSU meltdown this morning that only got worse when it, they found out they were losing the uh, number one recruit in the nation to Deion Sanders in Jackson state. Um, so that's, that's the guy for me today. Uh, really made my day seeing him flip um, Tyree West um, number. It, it, 24-7 had him number 74 recruit in the nation. He's he's right there on every site, 74, 80th in the nation. Um, six foot three, 270-pound D-line, and I'm sure Rodney Garner's going to do bad things with this dude. Yeah, me as well. Uh, I had uh, Tyree West as well. You know, uh, obviously that's a big get, late get. That's just Rodney Garner doing Rodney Garner things. I saw a tweet that there was about uh, 10 FSU insiders and reporters there waiting for this kid's commitment just for him to put on an orange hat. 
And I know, you know, if you go out there all the way in Georgia from Florida, and uh, I think he's uh, going from Georgia to Florida just to cover this kid, and he goes on and puts a Tennessee hat, you know, they had to go back home disappointed. But since you already said Tyree, I'm going to say James Pierce because it wasn't certain that we were going to get this guy going into early signing day. And it kind of was like a surprise for a bunch of Vols fans. Like, we're not done yet after Tyree did land. And there's been a lot of reports that just because of his like his grade problems, it's held James Pierce like ratings back. This kid right now, I think Rivals has like the ninth rate, rated edge in the country, 161 player. And I was in a space earlier where they said that this kid could easily like be a five star by like, when it's all said and done. So James Pierce on the one side, Joshua Joseph's on the other. I think this defense like honestly got a lot better than people realize today. I'm going to go a little bit different because, uh, uh, you know, you'd mentioned squirrel. I, I honestly, I was relieved when we saw that because anytime you got Georgia and Alabama, you don't know what's going to happen last minute with them. But I don't, uh, the Reddit kid, the offensive lineman, 6'5, 328. I'm sure those numbers aren't spot on, but man, that's a big ass offensive lineman. And, you know, we're going to need help, especially, you know, Cade may or may not come back, but you lose him. And I'm sure after next year, we'll lose the other tackle. And uh, it's nice to get somebody like him. And honestly, Justin Williams, I had heard a rumor, or maybe it's not a rumor, maybe it was confirmed, but he may be practicing during some of the bowl practices. Is that right, Brando? Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to get him in because, you know, we're worried about him and Squirrel more so Justin Williams yesterday. Uh, again, as I said earlier, I don't want to be a te- broken tape quarter and repeat and play again. But, man, it's just not a lot of complaints out of this. And, you know, Taven Jackson, I guess he moved his uh, signing time back. It was nice to get him in. Sure. And then, uh, DR, if you don't have anything else, I'm just going to let Brando take it away with his uh, signing day notes. And then um, anything he doesn't hit that we've got written down, we'll catch that at the end. Of this, All righty. So I guess we will start off with the offensive side of the ball. DR mentioned we landed Taven Jackson. I saw some people on Vol Twitter kind of freaking out when he did move his time. Like, oh, my God, he's not going to sign today. Taven's been one of the most locked in guys in this class, in my opinion. So it was good to get him down. Uh, the kids, he's right ranked the 12th quarterback, but honestly, in my opinion, he's underrated. Uh, you've seen a lot of kids that play the wing T offense like Taven, and then they come into the the league and adapt. And there's so much more to their game that it, like was not uncovered by a lot of teams in power five conferences. So I think with Heibel's development, his track record, obviously with quarterbacks, it's going to be a good project with Hendon having one more year, you know, learning from Hendon, that'll be nice. Uh, you got the running backs, Dylan Sampson, Louisiana four-star, just got his four-star lately. This kid's GPA is higher than his 40 time, and his 40 times a 4.32. Like, come on. That's pretty insane. You got Justin Williams, the second running back. I've seen rivals. I think they bumped him up to, like, a top 15 running back in their last update. So you're landing two top 20 running backs at the same I time. Heard that, I heard after he committed that they dropped him. Is that true? I have not checked today. I think honestly. it was twenty. You said Rivals. Insane. I'm sorry. I think it was twenty four seven. It wouldn't surprise me. I think I think Rivals had him up higher than twenty four seven does. I think on the composite right now he's like fifteenth, and then on twenty four seven he's like still like forty third. So they haven't updated him on twenty four seven. But I got you. You got Caleb Webb, four star out of Powder Springs, Georgia. Last year this man was a two star. He came into his senior year. He had eighteen hundred and thirty yards receiving, eighteen touchdowns, and four special teams touchdowns. This kid like absolutely blew up. I think he was getting recruited by Louisville and Michigan on the last few days and ended up starting to make the move. And the reason why Caleb signed was 
pressure from the other wide receivers like Nimrod and Squirrel. Like they were on them hard as people were freaking out that these guys were maybe gone. Like they were in Chad Recruit and Caleb Webb and having these guys come up. So just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Then you got Chaz Nimrod, a three-star receiver. He's 6'2", 186. He played in the Arkansas, was an Arkansas commit for a long time. Tennessee ended up landing him there. You got the infamous Squirrel Wright, who's a three-star receiver. We all know that this kid's easily, if he went to Bama or Georgia, is almost breaking that five-star barrier 100%. Uh, he has a 10.1600 yard time. I think he runs some tracks still in uh, Clay, Clay Charksville, Alabama. Is that where it's at? Somewhere around there. This is my personal favorite, one of my personal favorites. Cameron Miller, three-star receiver, underrated in my opinion. This kid played two-way Memphis uh, football. He played offense, defense. This kid was kicking. He was playing safety. And, I mean, competition has to do with why he wasn't picked up by many teams. But I think once he gets used to coming here, like, Cameron's going to be a difference maker on special teams in his freshman year. And I think later in his career, like, he has a lot of a lot of potential. Moving on to the, the linemen, you got big Addison Nichols, four-star out of Greater Christian Academy. Uh, big kid, like 6'5", 300, was getting recruited by Georgia, USC, everyone you can think about. We locked him down early. He's been a guy we've always been about. You got Mo Clipper, who uh, he just played against the 2023 commit, Ethan Davis, uh, Collins Hill, and Milton. So he's coming off a state championship or a state runner-up. Masai Reddick, three-star defensive, uh, three-star offensive tackle, Detroit, Michigan. Kid's huge. I think he said, what, 6'5", 315? Something insane like that. That's insane. And then you got Brian Grant. Brian Grant's probably one of the weird, like, the weirdest signing of the, the offensive side that you can think about. Like, you don't know anything about that, Brian Grant. That kind and, of surprised uh, me last night. That was last night when he uh, committed, right? Or, no, Brian, uh, Brian Grant's, uh, he's been committed since – I think Golish and LRB first got here. He had only five offers from BYU and Florida State, but like no one knew like if he was going to make it to the end of the class because, you know, they did process some guys out. Like uh, obviously there's some guys that were committed that didn't sign. You know what happens in college football, but a lot of guys didn't know if he would make it here or not. But Golish and uh, LRB supposedly see this kid as like something crazy. He's only played the defensive side of the ball, coming to the next level, playing offensive tackle. I think he's like, Six five, he plays some football, uh, basketball. I think he like throws some discs. So multi-sport athletes. Offensively, those names I just mentioned, I, I can't find a single one to complain about. I think everybody, but Brian Grant, like had pretty much everybody in the SEC after him. Yeah, he's six eight. Is what it says here, six eight. Brian Grant, yeah, six eight two eighty. Huge, Cra crazy frame. There's probably a lot of potential there once he does get in the SEC weight room with like Coach Smith. Can't even fathom it. Defensive side of the ball. This looks a lot, lot better after today. I'm not going to lie. Because mm -hmm. going into today, we had two linebackers, one edge, uh, and two cornerbacks that we just got in the last week. But defensively, you got the man, Tyree West. Like just two weeks ago, he was a five-star, former Georgia commit. Everyone thought that he was going to FSU this morning. Like I said, there was 10 insiders there doing the live stream and uh, didn't even tweet out this, the account that I was looking at didn't even tweet out for about 10, 15 minutes after his initial decision, because I think they were so stunned that they went down there and uh, Rodney Garner made the close FSU. They're just in shambles. I, I don't know what happened today, but something happened in Florida state where it was something beautiful. Oh yeah. Something crazy. 
I mean, yesterday he Mike Norvell gets an extension. Today he loses his whole class. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't realize Fulmer was their athletic director. What a dumbass move. They uh, <laughs> he, he sucks. Yeah, it, their meltdown today was so big it, it almost went they underneath the radar. Their um, their offensive coordinator also left for Oregon today. I didn't even know that. See, every the meltdown was so big that that he took his Bro. opportunity to slip underneath the radar. Man, isn't it? I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Brandon. No, isn't it nice to watch a shit show happen somewhere else? We get we get this label that we're insane, we're nuts, you know, psychotic. But it's because we constantly have crap like that go on. And you know, today you had people burning their savior. Um, Defensive. What is what is his name? Uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. I, I kept saying prime time. But I wanted his real name. They were burning autographed jerseys. That'd be like us burning. Bro, signed. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like, like us me burning, burning this Watch right here. Jersey. Terrible. This, this be like me burning this. Oh yeah, yeah. I literally just forgot what we were talking about. I was about to say something, I forgot. That's my fault. No, uh, no, it was FSU meltdown. Yeah, I don't even know. Okay, uh, Jordan Phillips, you got – oh, I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, DR, you know, personally, like, a lot of people that do, like, try to talk down and, you know, like, get scared and stuff. Like, Christopher Gabriel being a guy that has told, like, you know, get out of that rug. Get the Vols fans, like, you can't just stay down. Like, you know, this isn't our problem anymore. You're going to see other teams go through what we've gone through, like, the last two years. And it's, like, a time and an era where it's just not us. And it feels weird waking up every day just waiting for that day that something does bad happen again, and it's not happened. Yeah, you just wait. Happened. You wait. You're right, Brando. I mean, you're you're waiting on the other shoe to drop. You know, you're, you're younger. How old are you? I just turned 21 in August. So. Oh, congrats on the legal drinking. Oh, uh, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, all you've seen is just trash. I, I oh, mean, it's amazing awesome. to me. People your age are Tennessee fans. I mean, don't you agree, Bandit? You're in between us, but yeah. I mean, the best um, you got was those two years, of Butch Jones in 2012. I mean, it was a terrible record, but it was fun to watch. We score oh, yeah. 50 points, but we give up 52. You know, props, props to Brando for going through the last four years sober too. Who said I was? I mean, okay. Um, his, I mean, his, I mean, his your mom did, yeah. Allegedly, uh, <laughs> but you know, nah, yeah. Um, the best years of my life were definitely Josh Dobbs' awfulness. I've never seen a good Tennessee winning season, but I think the best is like yet to come that I've seen in my lifetime, honestly. And I'm like, can say that honestly that in the future. I think you're about to take off on Jordan Phillips. Yeah, is big he, Jordan Phillips. Is, is he the one that's already with the team? Uh, yeah, so so Jordan Phillips is already with the team, and uh, Tyree West and Jordan Williams will be joining him on Friday. Okay. With that's uh, the one. Williams, right? Yeah, Jordan Jordan Williams and uh, Tyree Justin West. Justin Williams. Yeah, Justin Williams. That's Some the DJs. kid. Was, was it UDR that tweeted out? High school seniors didn't look like this when I was in high school. No, but you're right. I mean, that guy, he, is he, huge. Hit, pu- he hit puberty about the time I was still at Easter egg hunting. <laughs> that, that dude is stacked. massive. Yeah, 6'2", 205. He averaged eight yards a carry in Georgia's 7A league. That's like the toughest league. Like Jesus. In- insane. Insane numbers. But, yeah, Jordan Phillips, 6'2". He's uh hasn't listed at 300. He's down to 280 already, and he's already practicing. He signed his financial agreement. I guess signed his NLI or NIL today. So that kid's already been on campus. I know Rodney Garner is like fathoming over him because uh, Michigan and Florida both are pushing for him late. So to get him on campus and like locked in, he's been really silent too. You never knew where he was going to end up. Florida guy. I think he would have been honestly in Florida had 
Mullen and them not gotten fired and everything. I, honestly, it's like a big get in my opinion. Uh, moving to the edge side, you got Joshua Josephs, four-star edge. We beat out Kentucky and Michigan for him. Uh, I think another – is he from Georgia too? I think he's another Georgia kid. We have seven kids in this class from the state of Georgia. Something crazy. Like I can't remember the last time we went into Georgia like that and just rated people out. Joshua Josephs on the other side today, we got big James Pierce, uh, a top 200 player. Grades being the reason why he was so slept on by so many teams, not knowing if he was going to make it to, uh, to signing day. And overall, he does. That's a huge, huge get. Honestly, I think that's like the biggest get today. Uh, you got a large. Go ahead. Uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. I'm sorry. That, that's where. Oh, uh, Kennesaw, Georgia. Yeah. That's where Joseph's from. Yeah. So a lot of kids from Georgia, especially on the defensive side, too. Tyree West, Joshua. Uh, then you got James Pierce. I think he's from North Carolina, four star. Uh, top 200 player. So he was, if he wouldn't have enrolled early, I promise you, he would have been like a Georgia Bulldog or ended up somewhere crazy. It got a crazy offer. Like that kid, huge, 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 huge. You got Elijah Hearing, the in state. I think he's one of our two or three in state guys. Elijah Hearing, in state Riverdale three star linebacker, brother of uh, Caleb Hearing in the next year's class, another edge rusher. Uh, Elijah's honestly slept on too because he plays in Riverdale, 6A Tennessee football. Uh, that's where I'm from. I've seen him personally play. This kid knows how to hit holes. He knows how to fill the gaps, hit the gaps. Like this kid's fundamentally a good football player. So it'll be nice isn't, to see. Isn't his brother number one player in the state next year? Yeah, number one player. And right now he's like, I think, a top 60 player in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's like the number one edge rusher for next year too. You got Caleb Perry, 6'3, 215. We beat out uh, Cincinnati and Kentucky for him. This kid, uh, he plays in Kentucky. Kentucky football, it's not really dived in like that for uh, recruiting-wise. You never really even see Kentucky go after Kentucky recruits like that. There's not many really valuable Kentucky recruits. But Caleb Caleb Perry, I think he had over like 100 tackles on this season, something crazy like that, playing both sides of the ball. He's also a quarterback. So being a quarterback and then switching to linebacker at the next level, there's some advantages there. Uh, my favorite DB, Desmond Williams. He was uh, at first the number one Juco cornerback in uh, in the ranks. I think he's like number three right now. Uh, his other visit was from Mississippi State. He had never been to Tennessee before, and he canceled his next visit after he came here on his OV. So something that, you know, just sparked him. He had no no thought whatsoever. He also led Juco in uh, interceptions, and I think had about four returning touchdowns. I don't have that written down, but. Uh, Jordan Thomas, three-star safety out of Alabama, beat out Mississippi State for him, too. Uh, he's very underrated. I can see him getting a fourth-star bump, honestly, when it's all said and done, in my opinion. Uh, he had a some YouTube video dropped on him recently, and a bunch of people, like, gossiping about it, like, saying it's insane. I have to go check it out. And then, you got, last but not least, you got Christian Harrison, the son of uh, Rodney Harrison, just recently hopping in a boat, beating out Florida and Nebraska from Georgia as well. They have him ranked like the 90th cornerback. There's no way. Like this kid's film is insane. He's like 6'2", 200. His frame is like easily coming in to the next level and going to be able to compete in my opinion. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on. Like everyone I just mentioned, like they're not going to come in and start, but they're going to come in and get valuable reps. Like they're huge. Like they have the size, the advantages, all played in like tough conferences of their state. A lot of these guys look like they could come in year one or two and be beginning reps and then so a guy i want to go in on real quick because i 
Okay, I thought I was on mute for a second. Um, I hadn't really heard a lot about this kid uh, until today. Started digging into some of his stats, and, and I was pretty impressed. Uh, Dylan Samples, or uh, Dylan Sampson, the three-star uh, running back from Dutchtown High School down in Louisiana. Um, only the number 447th prospect overall nationwide. The number 34 running back. He's five foot ten, 180. Um, chose UT over Purdue, Vanderbilt, and Louisville. Um, this kid um, broke all of Eddie Lacy's running back stats at Dutchtown High School. And obviously, we know what Lady Eddie Lacy did with the uh, Green Bay Packers. We know what he did to us at Alabama. Um, the the game that he went into this year at Dutchtown High School, he was 30 yards away from breaking Eddie Lacy's rushing record on on the season, and he goes into that game and puts up 287 yards. Not only breaks Eddie Lacy's rushing record, also breaks the entire school's um, single game rushing record. Dug into this high school a little bit because, you know, high school stats can always be misleading. Um, this isn't like a school that's going 10 and 0. They're, you know, crushing all their opponents. They need to move up uh, a class or something. This this team went 5 and 5. And honestly, there was games where they got blown out like 41 to 7. Um, and this kid still managed to put up 1,400 rushing yards this year. Uh, like I said, obviously 287 were in that one game, but I, th I think this kid's a grinder. Um, really excited for him. Um, they've got down that he was clocked this year, running uh, 100 meters in 10 and a half seconds. Uh, 100 mm, meters insane. is 100. That's insane. Uh, yeah, 100 meters is 109 yards. So um, if this kid catches a pass at the uh, – I'll catch the pass, but it, yeah, if this if this kid takes off at the beginning of the second quarter, he's in the end zone before the clock hits. You know, fourteen fifty five, crazy fast. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on him. He put up twenty four touchdowns this season um, for those guys down there. Yeah, That's I think that I that running back room, Dylan Sampson, of course, and Justin Williams, landing two top like twenty twenty running backs. I think. 24-7 hasn't bumped either of them up, but on Rivals right now, they're both already four stars, like both in the top 25 of the running backs. Dylan Sampson, like you like you mentioned doing that, he had multiple games in his high school, like 200-something plus yards. And like you said, they're getting beat, blown out. So like if this kid was on a winning team, he's probably having a 2,000-yard season, crushing records. Like it's insane. I think he's a great and pickup. You, he's going to – When you really think about the, the offense this fall – um, it always seemed like it was either Jabari Smalls going off for a game or it was uh, – Even Lanith Whitehead. And I didn't mm -hmm. think he was that good. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, looking at, looking at these two coming into this class and Jabari Smalls going to be around, looks like we might finally get like a 1-2 or even a 1-2-3 punch because it just seemed like all year this year it was either – Running back 1A or running back 1B. It was never a 1-2 a yeah. punch. DR, you got anything? 
Yeah, I got a got a few things. You know, I know. Well, are we, are we going to do the fan question about the important recruits, or is we just going to flow into that? Well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that off. We'll just wrap that up right here. I feel like we've all kind of mentioned our our top recruit. Uh, that, that's why I was asking. Honestly, like Jordan Phillips, man, he looks more manly than I'll ever be. <clears throat> but you know, losing Matthew Butler. Now, I think he's going to play a lot next year. And Justin Williams and, you know, Bandy, you can kind of hit on that. We used so many running backs this year, and a lot of that's because of, you know, injuries and whatnot. And D. Williams, I know that – I don't remember who asked. Brando, you may remember. Somebody asked Hopple about D. Williams, and they expect him to play a lot of special teams next year. So, you know, that could that could be a big factor, especially Bayless leaving. Yeah, he he uh D Williams, he's a special kid. I think he spent two years in JUCO instead of one because of because of COVID. But he uh like I said, led in interceptions. He did play special teams. I think he led in uh, returns too for touchdowns. So he's fast, like really fast. I don't know where his community college is. I know he's from Mississippi. So you know, speed being from Mississippi, like a lot of kids from Mississippi are really fast. But I think it, I think it was in Mississippi, if I'm not wrong, like Decatur or something. But we don't have a lot of options because a lot of states uh, yeah. are getting rid of JUCO. Oh, yeah. It's crazy, especially this this class next. I think it might be like the final two classes you can really bang on a JUCO guy like uh, Mba and Scott and like how Auburn. That's like the only guys we really missed on. But those guys, like those la- these next two years, like those JUCO guys are going to be going because it's only going to be so long. Then Mba, I'm not going to lie, I'm upset about him. But they said that he just didn't feel like he fit in at Tennessee. Yeah. Which means he got more money at Auburn, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense when I heard that because uh, his mom had only came in to the United States from the Congo for the Tennessee visit. And originally she was going to go there and uh, Oregon, and then Cristobal goes to Miami. So he ended up just not having an extra visit. So now it's ended up in, like, a three-team race that really weren't even involved from the start. That's Auburn for you. I, yep. Auburn's – they have pissed me off since I've kept up recruiting. They, they're oh, always yeah. there, man. They always get somebody always, like that from us at the end. Drive me insane. All right. So, everybody pretty much wrapped up on recruiting. Oh, yeah. Anybody so. got anything can... else to add? Uh, want to move on? Just, just one more thing. I know they're really high on uh, that Jared Verse kid who's a transfer coming in. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be making a decision, I heard, from Christmas into like between there and New Year's. Uh, a lot of schools, like he got a Florida offer today, USC, Auburn, like multiple schools coming after him, but he only took four visits. And that was Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, and one more school. And he said that fit and coaching and just overall football would uh, be his main factors. I don't see all these schools offering him right now getting a visit because he's like took his max visits i think his final four is already set so jared verse like top uh edge prospect in the transfer portal watch that name just in my opinion uh, stuff like that makes me nervous though the longer they wait in the days of nil i mean hell the number oh, yeah. one recruit in the nation went to freaking jackson state over oh, florida yeah. state so you know you have no idea what's going to happen nowadays yeah, recruiting is insane <laughs> all right we're going to move on to this topic um if you were to to tweet out a question about it, you'd, you'd probably have your feed blown up with people uh, uh, arguing and, and stuff. This uh, article come out this week saying LeBron James Jr. might be interested in coming to Tennessee. Um, oh, 
So we're going to go around the horn, see what everybody thinks about this. What's your opinions on this, guys? Me personally, I, I understand why people are against it with uh, the whole family value thing. But personally, if I'm just thinking about the kid and uh, what he can bring to the team, and this day and age, we're talking about NIL and football and what it would take. This kid, LeBron, Bronny James, you got to think about his friends, his best people, like his connections, the people that he can bring with him if he was to come to Tennessee. Like this man's friends, five-star prospects all around the country easily. Like I can just see this move boosting recruiting, NIL or not. If you land Bronny James, you're going to have people follow just because he's, you're playing and have Bronny James on your roster, in my opinion. I would think you'd have like an easily like he's what a point guard. You could get a better point guard or if whatever. There's no even telling where this kid's going to end up in rankings. He's only like a sophomore or junior. So if he's like a top prospect in the country, obviously you have to hit on him, in my opinion. But not only that, the recruiting advantage that brings with that, plus the publicity, you would not have a game on SEC Network. It would all be on ESPN. Like you, I'm just it's all like national and recruiting advantages, in my opinion. That's the only benefit. Yeah, and he's probably going to get a bump in recruiting rankings because of who he is, honestly. I mean, that's a lot of times that's what happens. If you took away it being LeBron's kids and skill alone, then, yeah, you take him. And if he's like his dad, he's going to have to have other good players come with him, you know, if he's going to do the super team thing. I'd be all for that. I don't like LeBron. I, I don't watch a lot of NBA, but I think he's a very hypocritical person. But – if you can guarantee me a Final Four, it may change my mind on this Bronny kid, to be honest with you. My thing on this is, um, well, first of all, I you know I think it's dumb if you say you don't want the kid just because of who his dad is. Um, if he's a good player and he can help us win games, um, you're, you're dumb to say no. Um, my thing with this is a lot of the people that are arguing about it on Twitter, they want to say, well – you know, if you bring him in, LeBron's going to be causing troubles. He's going to be a distraction and everything. Fucking LeBron James plays basketball too. Well, you think this LeBron's going to be skipping games to to fly from L.A. to uh, Knoxville just to get in Rick Barnes' face at halftime? Like, you know, LeBron James, he also plays basketball. Um. But I, you know, I really don't think any of this happens. I think, you know, um, I think the NCAA will, will probably change the one and done rule. Um, I think this kid will probably end up going straight into the league. And and that's part of what we hear about Rick Barnes recruiting too, Bandit, is, you know, he, he doesn't take kids like that. And I, I think they would know that's part of the deal that Barnes would tell him straight up and, no, I'm not a fan of LeBron, but I, I think he would take that to heart and understand that, though, honestly. But, I mean, like you said, that rule is about to get changed. He'll, he'll probably never play college basketball. Yeah, probably not. All right. So, talking about basketball, let's just go right into this game we got coming up Saturday against Memphis State. Um, Tennessee's sitting 8-2. and two, Memphis is sitting 6-4. and four. Um Memphis, Memphis's two wins are Western Kentucky and Virginia Tech um, by around 10 points in each. Um, I think I think a lot of people are thinking this is going to be an easy win just because they see six and four next to Memphis's name, but did some digging on that. Those four losses, uh, 19 points to Iowa State, 
um, that's that's the worst one. You know that that is a for sure loss. That's nothing went right. Um, but the uh, the other three are Georgia by three points, Ole Miss by four points, and Murray State, which shouldn't happen, but it was only by two points. Um, we're Tennessee. We own this state, but don't don't buy your tickets and go into Nashville being too cocky because you might have uh, might have some stuff thrown up in your face when you when you're walking out. Um, what do you guys think about this matchup this Saturday? Oh uh, yeah, you pretty much hit it uh, head on. I think the environment's going to be crazy just because of the the teams it is. I'm not going to say it's going to be a a hostile environment like we saw with Ole Miss in the football season or anything, but it's going to be an arena of people that don't like each other. And I mean, just the simple fact that it's Memphis versus Tennessee. Uh, them last night, I don't know if y'all saw, but when they played Alabama, uh, I mean, obviously they have their wake up game before they play us. Who doesn't? But I'm honestly not too worried about it. Just the size and uh, having Folky down low. And I think with our speed that's going around, I think this past game, even though it was against what NC upstate or whatever, uh, they got the clicking. The The ball was moving around, and if they can bring that to Nashville, I, I don't have any problems. I don't see any any problems for this game for us to get the win. Well, here's where my negativity, negativity comes in. I felt great about it until I watched the Alabama game. And, I mean, they are athletic as hell. I think Barnes can obviously outcoach Penny. I don't think that's very difficult or, you know, a hot take. Um I kind of worry about post play, honestly, in this. You know, the one thing I think we do have going is we're going to have much better point guard play. Uh, and you just never know, man. With Brando touched on it. Of course, I mean, they click, you know, and they'll stop clicking after Saturday. Uh, I enjoy the Tennessee-Memphis game. My favorite basketball game, not just Tennessee, but ever, was the number one versus number two years ago. I didn't sit down the whole game. I'll never forget that game. And that being said, I hope we beat their ass because I live close to Memphis and that's all you hear about is a bunch of penny cucks. You know, he does no wrong. They have got more excuses for that man than a medical book's got diagnosis for sickness. It gets on my last damn nerve. I mean, that they would kiss the ring. He, he could, never mind, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But anyway, let's just please beat him because I know um, I've talked a lot of trash about Memphis this year. And I just don't think Penny's that good of a coach, honestly. You know, I know there's uh, ball cats out there that don't like that, but I don't like a ball cat because I think it's weird you cheer for more than one school. So I'm not going to get on that tirade, though. Go ahead, Bandit. <laughs> That's what um, Zach Chris at Zach Chrisman um, just put on the kind of comments on the live that um, – Memphis is, is long at every position, and that's what scares him. That's what scares me, too. Um, like you were kind of hitting on there, I don't think Penny Hardaway is that good of a coach, but I think any coach in the country can go back and watch our game against Texas Tech and figure out what we have problems with. Um, I've got I've got down um, – Memphis, Memphis is only averaging three more blocks per game than us, but – we we had trouble with the the length of Texas Tech and and Memphis has that same kind of length. Um, looking at stats, a, a lot of our offensive stats are similar. Um, Tennessee seventy eight points, uh, averaging seventy eight points. Um, Memphis seventy seven. Field goal percentage is forty six and forty seven percent. Rebounds thirty eight, thirty eight. Um, steals Tennessee ten and a half. Memphis nine and a half. Um, 
really the only stats that we edge Memphis in are uh, points against 57 to their 69 and um, assists. We're, we're uh, averaging almost 20 assists per game and they're more down around 14. So we are moving around a little bit, but they, if they come in playing long like Texas Tech did and, and throwing up a bunch of blocks, I think it could get interesting. Um, so I know there's only three of us on tonight, but let's all kind of go around and give a score prediction. Uh, like you said, Texas Tech game, you know, like if their length does come a factor, which it will probably the first half, it depends how we use. Because what Texas Tech did is made us go faster to make more mistakes with their length. And I think if that does become a factor, you know, you got to step back out open not take the three because, you know, we saw what happens when you just take the three like we get to Texas Tech, but getting, like, good drives, good uh, good factors. Like, if you can beat the length in the second half and get advantage of it and get faster than it without making mistakes, I can see us pulling away in, like, the second half, but not nothing crazy. I could see, like, a, a 74-59, like, low-scoring, really low-scoring game. Yeah, I can kind of see that. And Zach's actually – that's my cousin. He's listening in Hawaii right now. Um He's lived in Memphis. He's right. That, that's what scares me, man, is their length. I really want to see Huntley Hatfield play a lot more this game because I, I think he's an athlete. We need to let him play. Um, score protection, man, I have no freaking idea. I, <clears throat> I'm just going to throw one out there. Um, I feel like I'm bad luck, so I'm going to predict Memphis to win so I can kind of fade that and maybe to be reverse psychology. But I, I'm going to say 72-61 Memphis. I'm going to cry. All right, um, I've got it, um, Tennessee 69, nice, nice. and uh, Memphis 62. I think it kind of stays low scoring. Um, uh, uh, you mentioned um, Brandon Hunley Hatfield. I think we need to play him more. Honestly, I think he deserves to start over Fulkerson. Maybe he doesn't deserve it, uh, you know, saying, yeah, well, Fulkerson's been here longer, but – we're going to need Brandon Hunley Hatfield to mature his game more, and, and he's not going to get that coming off the bench. Another guy, and I touched on this last week, Olivier uh, Cumwad. Um, he this this is going to be one of those games. We we keep talking about it. Um, this kid against lesser talent. Um, we're playing him thirty two. 30, 25 minutes, and he's killing it, you know, double-doubles. Um, but then we go into a game against a lesser opponent, and it's like, where's that dude at? Um, so I, I'm hoping this is a, a game where he can kind of have a, a breakout against a, a better opponent. Because um, that when you, when you look at box scores for Tennessee against – ETSU, you, uh, SC Upstate, and then you compare it to Texas Tech, Villanova, his his production's what's missing. Nobody else's production drops off. Everybody's everybody's doing their thing, but he he shines against these lesser opponents. And if he can put up those type numbers against better opponents, we'll start winning these games. Um, you know, that Texas Tech loss. Five points. We couldn't. We couldn't find five points. That was a five-point game for like thirty freaking minutes. Um, 
That's all I got. Anybody got anything else for Saturday? Uh, yeah, don't play like you did against Texas Tech. That was miserable as hell. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll uh, we'll move on to these fan questions. Um, at Jeff Stokes four asks, how many points does Tennessee beat Florida by next year? I'll uh, I'll go last on this one. I'm gonna go with the uh, the safe bet of like seven. I'm gonna say like a seven because as Florida, you know, this meltdown they've had the last two weeks, I don't think it's worse than what we went through last year. And I don't think that their setback is gonna be as bad that people think. I mean, yeah, their quarterback's gone. Uh, their co- new quarterback commit for this next year's class left to go to Oklahoma with Venables. So that was honestly their biggest problem, in my opinion, was their offensive side of the ball going late into the year. They they couldn't score points. And if they can find someone in the portal or get some guys on the field, I think, I mean, it just depends what Napier can do. I think I'm going to say seven just to be safe because they could easily reload. I think today they landed two safeties in the class. They weren't even supposed to land and they could easily go in the portal and take seven guys that can make an impact. So I'm going to say seven. Yeah. One of those was a five star, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to pick us to beat Florida. I don't, I could be the quarterback of Florida and try to fix it, and I'd still think Florida would win. I'm, until I see it, I'll believe it. So I'm not – I'm going to stay consistent on this. I'm not trying to be overly negative, but, man, they are, have been our daddy. We have had the better teams multiple times, and they kick our ass. You know, I mean, right. look at their season this year. They go out there and curb stomp us, and they look like crap. Because you can't tell me – I mean, look at South Carolina. They beat them, and South Carolina sucked this year. Absolutely mm-hmm. sucked. So I'm not I'm – not, I'm not. I'm gonna say negative points. How about that? I've got. I've got us down to beat them by ten. Um, I've got down to beat them by ten. Um, I'm one of these people Brando's talking about. Um, I'm. I'm looking at this current Florida class. They have no offensive skill position commits um, on early signing day. I know they've got two months to find some. Um, Emory Jones hit the transfer portal today. They have no quarterback commit. You know, maybe they convince Anthony Richardson to stay. I doubt it. I really expect him to hit the portal too. Jacob Copeland, wide receiver one's already in the transfer portal. I just, I don't, I don't see them. If it was, if it was like a defensive thing and all their defensive players were leaving and their offense was still going to be clicking. Yeah, I could, I could still see them beating us in the shootout next year. But just the way it is right now, and like we all said, everything can still change. It just seems like our offense is going to be clicking, and I don't see any offense for them. Um, that's where I'm at with it. Anybody got anything to add? Um, I want us to win. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, right. I, th- I think I think we can. Uh, I'm gonna say that. I know I got very negative. I, I think we can. And you know, I've thought that before. I thought in 15 we should have beat them. And we should have beat them this year, honestly. So you know, the I, new Neyland. I hope y'all are right. Say that again. In the in the new Neyland. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. I mean, it might not be 102,000 in there next year, but it's gonna be rowdy for a Florida team that just got diminished by the portal and new head coach. Like, we're gonna be in there. So. 
I remember um, going to the 18 Florida game. So excited because, you know, we had that moron as our coach and thought it would be different and all. And uh, after that game, that was the Austin Pope. He fumbled in the end zone I was sitting in. I thought, I'm never coming back to another Florida game. But, I mean, Hopple, man, he's just changed so much. I'll probably be in there in the New England. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. Um, next question, blank, uh, blank, Blake Garner 10. Um, he was the guy that asked, uh, which recruit do you think will have the most impact next year? I think we pretty much covered that in the earlier session, but shout out to Blake Garner for, for throwing out a question there. Last question um, comes from a guy we kind of know um, at ATV Paul. He wants to know our thoughts on Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. I'll let you guys go ahead. Uh, I mean, I didn't really know about his connection with Beamer like that when he did enter the portal. And I think he was him and the tight end were going to go to UCLA and then they reached out to Dylan Gabriel. And I think they wanted to take Gabriel over him. So them two ending up in the conference, it's just our luck that we get another dynamic quarterback and a top rated tight end that goes to an sec East team. And I mean, I think we still have it in like a, an advantage over South Carolina, but if you can get, him some linemen in the SEC and let him move around and kind of use his ability and his feet. And that tight end comes into play in the receiving, in the receiving game. Like, I don't know. They might be able to do some things. They had freaking Zeb Nolan out there playing on his seventh year as a grad assistant. They're freaking freshmen. He what tore his broke his foot or something in the beginning of the year. So like, why not throw Spencer Rattler out there and see what happens? I mean, you really, it's better than what you've been having the last year. Yeah, it's a nice pickup for them, but I, I don't know. I mean, if Lincoln Riley couldn't he, – he didn't look good under Lincoln Riley. I know it was just that one year, but I don't know. I don't really believe in him. We'll, we'll see what happens. And a lot of it is kind of what Brando touched on is the talent around him. I think we're going to have overall more talent than them. And I believe in Hendon Hooker. I'd rather have Hooker than Rattler. So him going there does not change my opinion on us winning that game. I still think we win that game. Yeah, I agree. Um I, I feel the the Big 12 is is the more quarterback-driven league. Um, you know, high-flying offenses, throwing the ball downfield, and he couldn't, he couldn't cut it there. So, um, honestly, I, what I wrote down was I could give a shit about Spencer Rattler going to South Carolina. Um, all-time record, 26-10. and 10. I think we'll continue to be South Carolina's daddy. Um, quote I saw the other day um, – it was actually from a, a rapper um, that I didn't write down his name because I was sure I would remember it. Um, but uh, he tweeted out, he, he said, you can transfer a hundred times. You're still going to be soft. <laughs> um, so my message is Spencer Rattler's, you know, welcome to the SEC. Um, I think he could have a good year there next year. Um, yeah, not next cool. year. Not next year. Um but before he leaves, I could see him having a good year there. Um, but I do not think it will be 2022. Um, anybody else got anything? Uh, just relating to South Carolina, I wanted to bring it up. I don't know if y'all saw, but there was a kid yesterday, a four-star linebacker. His final two were South Carolina and Maryland. Uh, he committed to South Carolina last night, and this morning he signed with Maryland. So South Carolina, their class, not going not going the best. It's I saw that. I saw some South Carolina fans um, kind of having a meltdown over that. 
But man, they, you know, kind of like I was talking about Penny, they freaking love Beamer in okay. South Carolina. I, I don't get it. I was Beamer not boys. impressed when we played them at all. <laughs> I mean, they, their champion win is they're going to claim Florida, but they suck by the time they played them. Um, and everything you see, like analysts or, and you, you know, you see these lists giving out grades and it's, it's never about his coaching that I've read. It's about his positive attitude. But I mean, congrats on being positive, I guess. You remember when we were up 30 and he fucking threw his hands up in the air like he did something when they were down 30 points? Yeah. Shane Beamer. Yeah. Uh, that kind of goes with, you know, the they're, they were celebrating having going four and one head to head and recruiting against us, even though our class is much better, you know. And I kind of use that example. Congrats on scoring us on a, on a drive while we're up by 31 points. And to me, mm. that can kind of go with the recruiting. Congrats on beating us head to head, I guess. But. <laughs> Overall, we still got the better players. It's just a weird mentality they've got. I guess they got them brainwashed the positivity. Their dang, their fans were uh, uh, Shane Beamer on his way to SEC media days. I guess he stopped at a, a Hardee's or an Arby's or something. Oh, and, and you know what I'm talking about? He remade yeah. that old Spurrier picture. Dude, those South oh, Carolina fans, they were beating off to that for weeks. Uh, yeah, cock I don't on. get it. They, uh, I, I've got a few saved tweets in my bookmarks about that. Like, uh, a few of them really believe he's a better hire than Steve Spurrier. That is the most asinine thing I have ever read. What do they got it's in South Carolina? I don't see it. I think, I think the, the, and like I said, you know, maybe he, he can put together an eight or a nine win season with Spencer Rattler, but I really think, uh, Virginia Tech, when they fired Justin Fuente this year, if I was Shane Beamer, I would have, I would have high tilted it to Virginia Tech. He's at his dream job, so he says. I mean, can you imagine your dream job? Their motto is "Go Cox." <laughs> no, got a got a giant statue of a cock outside their stadium. Yeah, it's like the yeah. Playboy Mansion. Horrendous, not horrendous. Well, that's that's about all we had on the on the docket for tonight. Anybody got anything else they want to talk about before we head out? No, we just uh, hope Lowe's feeling better. That sucks what she's going through. Yeah, shout out to Lowe. Yes, pain. Would not wish that on anyone. I wouldn't say anyone. All right, guys. (laughs) We're going to head on out. Sorry for the short show tonight. Um, Happy National Signing Day. Merry Flipmas. See you guys. W W. Peace.